0: Oh, my God.
1: You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio.
2: Two years ago, we reported the research of Pfizer head Mike Yeadon and Craig Particooper that showed how certain batches of the COVID vaccines were deadly and others were not and showed how red states in America were sent more deadly batches than blue states. But the masses were not able to face these facts, so they accepted the lies of the MSM. Nine months ago, we reported how the CDC's own... Two years ago, we reported the research of Pfizer head Mike Yeadon and Craig Cooper that showed how certain batches of the COVID vaccines were deadly and others were not, and showed how red states in America were sent more deadly batches than blue states. But the masses were not able to face these facts, so they accepted the lies of the MSM. Nine months ago, we reported how the CDC's own data supports the findings of Yeadon and Cooper. But the masses still chose the comfortable lies over the uncomfortable truth that our governments and medical professionals are murdering us. Last week, the scientist entrusted with New Zealand's vaccine program went public with data that vindicates this as
3: well. I was involved with building a project uh, helped with um, implementing a, a vaccine payment system for our providers. It's called... Um, a pay per dose system, so it means that every time someone gets vaccinated, they get a they get a payment for it as a provider. And when I was looking at the data, which is part of my job, I noticed some discrepancies with the dates um, of death. People getting people dying within a week of being vaccinated. What I did with the data was um, look at the top ten um, batches that were. Had a high death count, a high mortality rate. And I put them on a chart. I counted the number of vaccinated within that batch. And then I found out who was dead. And this is Pfizer's batch number one. We've had 711 from batch number one vaccinated. 152 of those died, which makes a 21% Percentage death, death rate, rate mortality mortality rate. So the top V1 has vaccinated 246 people, 60 of them are now no longer with us. That is nearly 25%. One in four, nearly one in four that that person vaccinated is now dead. Look at this one 621. By vaccinator, the third highest vaccinator. 621, 104 people dead, nearly 17% of the people they jabbed. There are more people dying than ever before. These are the, the biggest number of deaths we've seen in history. A member of
2: UK Parliament brought this up in session but was dismissed. Mr. Deputy Speaker, it's the vaccines that are causing excess deaths in New Zealand, just like it's the vaccines causing
4: excess deaths in the UK and elsewhere. So, can we please have a statement now from the government suspending these uh, experimental mRNA vaccines
3: before any more death
4: and harm? is done to our population thank you
3: Um, I thank the honourable gentleman for raising this question Um, I think in New Zealand there are over 11 million doses of the COVID vaccine administered Uh, in England it was uh, uh, in England and Wales it was 150 uh, million and it's estimated that over uh, 120,000 deaths were prevented by COVID vaccines in England up to the end of September uh, 2021 I disagree with the Honourable Gentleman in what he says about the critical um, uh, issue of, of vaccinations. I think they're life-saving. The report which the Honourable Gentleman refers to has been debunked around the world. He fails to mention the part that reads, and I quote, that uh, while an adverse event uh, can occur after vaccination, that does not mean it was caused by the vaccination.
2: And in the Philippines, the government has voted to launch an investigation into COVID vaccine deaths. We are
4: shocked uh, to find out that there were 262,000
1: deaths on 2020. Welcome to the American Journal, where Chase Geyser unfolds the chapters of America's grand tale.
5: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser, but I won't be your host for much longer. We know that Owen is getting out of prison on Friday, but we're not sure yet when he's going to come back into the studio to start hosting the war room again, as the only way he's able to communicate with the outside world right now is either via his attorney or letters, as I understand it. So it could be that he wants to come back in right away and do an emergency broadcast on Saturday, or it could be that he wants to take some time to be with family over the next couple of weeks. But we're coming up on potentially the last couple of days of our time together. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be with you. So much news to cover. There's one thing I wanted to touch on in this first segment today. I was up late last night just sort of perusing the Internet as I often do. I'm sort of an insomniac, to be honest with you. And I was looking at the Amazon bestseller lists in nonfiction. So Liz Cheney's book is number one in nonfiction in most sold books this week. And when I looked at the listing, it's not printed here, but there were about 28 reviews for the most popular nonfiction books sold on Amazon this week. But the thing that was really interesting to me about this is that if you go to most read. Her book is nowhere to be found. I mean you can just flip. Page after page. I don't even think she makes the top 20 list. Of most read books. And I think that this is. Evidence that. This is one of those political schemes. These political. I don't know. I don't want to use the word scandal. Because it's not illegal. It's not necessarily scandalous. It's just. Deceptive, where somebody's buying an astronomical sum of these books so that it gets listed as the number one Amazon bestseller in nonfiction for the week, but nobody's actually reading the book and nobody's leaving reviews because the books are being purchased by these ghosts or bot accounts. That's the way it seems to me. I don't think anyone's actually interested in reading her book or what she has to say. She lost everybody on the right, and we know that having even been a Republican is enough to keep her from having any real friends on the left. So she put herself in this position where she basically has no followers, yet she's a bestseller, despite the fact that she's universally unpopular. I guess she's famous for being a turncoat. I guess some on the left might say, oh, that was so stunning and brave, Liz Cheney, what you did, coming out against the big, bad Donald Trump, who's fixing himself up to be a dictator. Wow, we really adore you and your commitment. But it's not like she's a Democrat. I mean, maybe she always was a Democrat, but it's not like all of her other views on every major issue changed suddenly just because she had a problem with Donald Trump. I mean, that was sort of a single issue switchover for her. So I find it hard to believe that anybody's actually reading this book other than maybe a couple of journalists who are paid to write about it or do a review of it. What's more is I find it very unlikely that she actually wrote the book. We know that these policy books are written by ghostwriters. Right-wingers, left-wingers, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, all of them hire somebody to write a book because they don't have time to sit behind a computer at a word processor and type up what they think. And if they did actually type what they thought, we know that it would be littered with just foolishness, misspellings, poor grammar. These people don't think coherently. So what is the value in this whole sort of ghostwriting? It's one thing if you have somebody follow you around and you do hours and hours of interviews and then they write the book for you like Donald Trump had his ghostwriter follow him around for an extended period of time and write the art of the deal and it's all based off of Donald Trump's knowledge wisdom insight perspective views philosophy so it's actually true to Donald Trump even though he didn't sit down and type the words the book zero to one written by Peter Thiel was actually written by Blake Masters who's running for Congress in Arizona he lost in Arizona in a Senate race in the last cycle. But he actually knew Peter Thiel and they sat together and they spent a lot of time together working on this book. So that makes sense. But do you think Liz Cheney actually sat with anybody and did interview after interview to get a really thorough memoir out, an investigation out, an expose out about what happened? I guarantee that whoever wrote this book sat and watched all of the hearings over and over again and took excessive amounts of notes repeatedly about what was going on when trump was being investigated for russian collusion and impeachment and impeachment for january 6th and that insurrection that terrible insurrection that happened because he wanted to be a dictator even though he left peacefully on january 20th when he probably actually could have successfully called for an insurrection so she just sat there and watched the recordings of these clips she or he whoever wrote the book And Liz Cheney gets to come out and say, this is my memoir. And frankly, I'm not quite sure that Liz Cheney's actually had such a remarkable life. Obviously, she was an elected official in our federal government. That's pretty remarkable. But there are a lot of very normal sort of average people that don't necessarily have an exciting story to tell who are in Congress, who are in the House of Representatives or the Senate. And so really the only purpose for this book to come out is A, so that she can make a ton of money, raise a ton of money as well, and B, so that this mainstream narrative, this establishment media can just use it as another jab against Trump. But this is basically just a book of defamation. I'm certain of it. I haven't read a page of it, but I'm certain that it's just page after page of Trump is evil, Trump is evil. And that's why she got the publishing deal. That's why it's a number one bestseller on Amazon, despite the fact that nobody wants to read it or has read it. I frankly doubt that she even read it and i find it very hard to believe that it's more popular than britney spears new book the woman in me poor woman So this is just another example. I wanted to point this out to you. Whenever you see these bestsellers on these lists, just be very careful because more often than not, it's not really true. And we know that the publishing companies have been gaming the bestseller lists for an extended period of time. The New York Times bestseller list isn't even based on sales volume. It's based on key metrics at certain specific retailers and locations. And then there is a subjective review process that goes into determining who actually makes the list. So the list is not this sort of distinguished list that it once was. This is all sort of just another example of this mainstream narrative push for this content that nobody wants, just like Disney. Disney's doing the same thing. They're trying to push this woke stuff on you, and then they come out and they have the audacity to complain to us for not going to see their movies. They call us bigoted. They call us racist. They call us misogynistic or whatever. Because no one's going to their movies. And the fact of the matter is no one goes because the movies aren't any good anymore. I remember when I was growing up, Disney was awesome. Lion King was one of the best movies of all time. Entire families watched that movie repeatedly. I even liked the original Mulan, Pocahontas, all the good stuff from the 90s. The 90s was the peak of Disney. Really. And now they're trying to push this propaganda on us for... No real apparent reason. It's not making them any more money doing this. They're losing money hosting these productions, making these productions and trying to force people to watch them. So why is it that they're doing it? It's got to be some sort of either brainwashing inside the company or some sort of external pressure. I don't think that it's a coincidence that throughout the last several decades, really going all the way back to the 70s, Whatever's coming out in Hollywood or in literature has seemed to align very much with the mainstream media narrative, which we know was compromised by Project Mockingbird, which extends into this day. And so what I can't tell is if the subliminal marketing and our advertising of the mainstream media narrative from the deep state is so good that it's saturated the subconsciouses of us all. And the creators of these movies then just happen to make content, movies, music, books, whatever that lines up perfectly with this narrative or whether it's more menacing and that the intelligence community actually has plants making production decisions inside of these companies to ensure that whatever we see on the news and in our movies and whatever we read in books is exactly what the deep state wants us to believe. I mean, I loved the new Top Gun movie, but how ridiculous was it that you couldn't figure out who the enemy was the entire movie? And there's this major, super dangerous mission. Nobody knows where the mission takes place. Nobody actually knows who the enemy is. It was just this sort of propaganda piece about how great America is and how we're always the hero. And even though we don't have a bad guy right now, there is one, and we're going to fight that one. Stick with us, folks. More on the other side.
6: Let's go to Highwaymen in Illinois. You're on the air. Thanks for calling.
0: Hey, Alex. It's uh, great to talk to you. A long time, long
5: time listener. First time actually getting through calling. First, I, I want to do, uh, give a little plug on something that I, I don't feel that uh, you plug nearly enough. Your dad's turmeric toothpaste is incredible. I be first to admit, I've kind of neglected my teeth. And I started using your dad's toothpaste and my gum stopped bleeding brushing my teeth. And I mean, it is dentist cleaning clean every time you brush your teeth. It is incredible.
6: Well, again, my dad, I say it's retired. Tired. He doesn't do a lot of practicing, but he still has his license. He still takes care of friends and family and other folks. But yeah, he simply creates toothpaste with top toothpaste manufacturers that don't have fluoride, but then have all these essential oils, not just concentrated turmeric, but things like tea tree and a lot of other things in it. We don't really promote it a lot because the margin's so small, it, it won't fund the operation. But yeah, all three of his toothpaste, the turmeric, the tooth whitening, and the activated charcoal are all top of the line with no extra atoms or fillings, full of essential oils. They will blow you away. Thank you so much for the plug, sir.
2: Omega-3 fatty acids are needed for optimal strength, and they can only be obtained through diet. They can be found in grass-fed beef, which is why the ruling class is trying to ban it. And they can be found in fish, which are arguably the best source of omega-3s. But the problem today is finding fish without a high mercury content. Your best option is our ultimate fish oil and ultimate krill oil, at InfoWarsStore.com. Omega-3 fatty acids are essential for both our neurological and cardiovascular systems, our brain and our heart. They improve mood, mental clarity, and immune function. Get your essential omega-3 fatty acids from the best sources available, ultimate fish oil and ultimate krill oil. Get some today at InfoWarsStore.com. listening to the American Journal watch it live right now at band.video I'll
7: have a blue Christmas without you. I'll
6: be so blue just thinking about you.
5: Welcome back to the American Journal folks I'm Chase Geyser your host this morning The Pentagon apparently has investigated dozens of extremism cases within its ranks. The Pentagon has investigated 183 instances of extremism in military ranks, according to a new report, including 78 cases of troops, quote, advocating for engaging in or supporting the overthrow of the U.S. government or seeking to alter the form of the government by unconstitutional or other unlawful means. course we know that these 183 instances were acts that were committed by military personnel who will likely wind up being democratic congress members in a few years the u.s military has a well-documented extremism problem people with extreme political ideologies including white supremacists have long used the military as a place to recruit and train new talent no they haven't A lot of neo-Nazis have turned out to be former Marines, so this is just bashing the Marines now. In 2021, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin ordered a 60-day pause across all branches so they could take time to address the problem. So you're going to order a 60-day pause across all military branches because 183 people in our enormous military did something a little out of line. But you're not going to... Close the border until we can figure out what's going on with these terrorists coming across or these Chinese nationals coming across or the 72,000 people coming across that we've apprehended from places of interest, despite the fact that Hezbollah and Hamas have declared global jihad. But we're going to put a pause on our military operations or our military personnel because some of them are a little too Republican. Now we have a better understanding of how bad the problem is thanks to a new report from the DOD Inspector General called the Annual Report to Congress Pursuant to FY 2021 NDAA Section 544. It's an opaque name for a serious topic. Section 554 of the Pentagon's 2021 budget required it to keep Congress informed on how well it's handling some of the Pentagon's problem areas, including sexual assault, diversity and inclusion, and responses to supremacist, extremist, and criminal gang activity of a member of the armed forces. So they're coming after the military, and I understand people who have a legitimate criticism of the military. I understand we've had callers call in and say that they were a little bit torn or perturbed, that we always say thank you for your service to our veterans when basically all of the wars that we've been in since at least World War II have been unjust. And I'm one of those people that likes to thank veterans for their service because regardless of whether or not the war was just, most men who join the military join out of a naive ambition to fight for their country. So it's a brave act to sign up and enlist and join and go and fight. And once you get to the war, based on the veterans that I've spoken with, you likely realize that. The political class in our country is corrupt, that the war is unjust, and that war is hell. But you still fight because you want to fight for your guys next to you on the left and right of you. You have this bond in war, and you do incredible things, incredibly heroic things, in order to protect the guys that become your family over there. And so I say thank you for your service, even though I haven't agreed with any of the wars that we've been in. And I know that some of the military personnel do things like violate human rights and there's all sorts of crimes that happen in these conflicts. That's just the nature of war it happens all the time. But when push comes to shove, what this is really about is that so many who are involved in the military, having witnessed the ugliness of war and the corruption of our political class, come home and they tend to lean right. Not all of them. I'm just talking about a tendency here. They tend to vote Conservative. And I know the conservatives are just as much warmongers as the leftists, despite the fact that we do have a clip of Schumer just basically chanting for war in Israel over and over again in front of a crowd at the border the other day. But with conservative values, there's at least the lip service to things like freedom, personal responsibility, family, the right to defend oneself. After all, who knows better than a veteran how dangerous the world can be how violent it can quickly become and the true nature of people when they reach a certain level of desperation or conflict and so it makes sense to me that those who have given so much and sacrificed so much for their country and maybe even feel somewhat betrayed by their country because not only did they get into a war that should never have happened to begin with but then when they came home there was little or no attention given to them when they're with their struggles, whether it was PTSD or actual physical ailments as a result of this combat, this violence. And so they vote for Republicans, even though Republicans fail us just as much as Democrats, because at least Republicans say the right things. In a way, I guess the Democrats are more honest than the Republicans, because they say all of the most evil things, and then they actually do them. Whereas the Republican Party has a tendency to say all of the right things and do none of them. Dan Crenshaw is one that comes to mind. But we see these reports coming out that the Pentagon is doing internal investigations. We see these reports throughout the last several weeks of increased surveillance, digital IDs, digital currencies, social media censorship, social media surveillance. The attempt to subpoena all of those who ever interacted with Trump on Twitter. And we know that we have a government that hates citizens. Citizens who love America. Our government has demonstrated to us that the love of America among the people is something that is terrifying to them because they know that they're betraying America and America's interests. They know that what they're doing is not representative of our interests, that it's unhealthy for us that it's sick that it's like a cancer infesting us and spreading and getting worse and worse and that they're taking advantage of us and they know that if we ever find out and come together and rally together about that that it's going to be a major problem for them whether economically or actually in terms of legal accountability a major problem for them and so whenever they see someone proudly waving a flag or whenever they drive past a home that has the flag on the front porch extended at 45 degrees right to the sky It must send a shiver down their spine. I wonder if they feel guilty that they have not lived up to the patriotism that our culture has traditionally espoused. I wonder if when they see the likes of Colin Kaepernick kneel at a football game, if that delights them because they realize no one's going to come after them for what they're doing to America if nobody loves America anymore. I wonder if they intentionally push it, if they intentionally want us to hate America because it is a revolutionary spirit. We are a country that is proud to be founded on basically an insurrection. It was a revolution. We didn't try to overthrow the British government, so it wasn't an insurrection in that sense. But we abolished the royal government that was here and replaced it with another one. So in that sense, it was an insurrection. Our entire culture and people and nation is founded on this idea that if you are a tyrant over us, we will declare ourselves independent. And all the immigrants that came here came from tyrannies or less free areas to pursue the opportunities here. And they just want us to forget that. Make sure you guys visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we are still in the air. Thanksgiving
6: 2023 is here and i'm giving thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight and i'm particularly giving thanksgiving that x2 our number one product the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out is finally back in stock ready to ship now if you don't know the power of x2 and the iodine conspiracy you are insane get x2 now it could be the last run ever we get shut down while you still can At InfoWarsStore.com, research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. i dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen to hear
5: Welcome back Lay to, back to the American Journal, ladies and gentlemen. Know. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. We will take calls on the third hour today kind of been a slow news week. It has and it hasn't. There's always an abundance of news, but some weeks you have to dig more than others. Some weeks something like Hamas attacking Israel over the weekend happens and it's all you talk about for a week. because It's such a big story. But there's been little things sort of prickling all over the place that just indicate that there is activity going on in terms of the New World Order. We see in this report here that Putin's Saudi visit to talk OPEC And the Gaza war highlights the U.S. failure to isolate Russia. Why is it that in the context of this conflict between Israel and Palestine, and of course their war with Ukraine, why is it that Putin is visiting Saudi Arabia to talk about OPEC? I think that this supports, frankly, what I've been saying, and try not to repeat myself too much, about this conflict being entirely about the IMEC Corridor. The United States and its allies are trying to establish alternative trade routes in the region and the surrounding areas from India all the way up through Europe to compete with China's Belt and Road Initiative. And of course, if there is a strategy among our enemies, I wouldn't even call our enemies our enemies. They're actually more like our opponents or competitors. We make them into enemies by the things that we do. But I don't know that they are inherently our enemies. But if there is a strategy among those who oppose the United States to destabilize the dollar and replace the global reserve currency with an alternative currency. Then it does make sense that Russia's meeting with Saudi Arabia to talk about OPEC. Because Saudi Arabia, I believe, is the number one oil exporter in the region. Iran close second. As I understand it, and obviously Saudi Arabia exports its oil in dollar denominations for now, but there have been some negotiations and some deals manifesting in the region for alternative currencies in some other exports among those nations. But it makes sense that Putin would want to meet with Saudi Arabia if he is in cahoots with China to ensure that Saudi Arabia doesn't participate in this IMEC corridor. It's supposed to go right through Saudi Arabia. They're supposed to be a major partner in it. In order for it to work out, Israel needs to be stabilized, but Israel isn't very stable right now. I didn't get a chance to cover it yesterday, but there are reports that Israel could face a strategic defeat. I know that they're very well funded and they're backed by the strongest military in the world, allegedly, the United States of America. And I know that they have more rockets and they can destroy. More buildings than their opponents, but there's more to winning a war than just leveling cities. You have to conquer a people, and I don't know that these radicals in the region are going to be conquered so easily in terms of their hearts and minds. Because Israel's catalyzed so much hatred in them. And so Putin is going to Saudi Arabia in the context of Saudi Arabia likely being uncomfortable or unwilling to pursue this IMEC corridor as of now. And They're in sort of a cushy position because they can listen to China and Russia try to win their favor, and they can listen to the United States and Israel try to win their favor. Everybody's sort of bidding for Saudi Arabia right now. They're in a very good spot. They're not involved in these wars directly, and everybody wants to be their friend because they want them to participate in their trade routes into the future because that's going to determine who the superpower is in the 21st century, and that's why we're allowing and funding and supporting the death of tens of thousands of innocent people, the carpet bombing, and we're allowing these terrorist attacks to happen. I mean, let's just take a look at this. This is clip five, leftists for Israel. That's what I have on the sheet here. Let's run this, and I'll talk over it while it plays. But we're seeing this rhetoric.
4: We stand with Israel. We
5: stand with Israel. Americans march, Israel. To, Israel.
8: We stand with Americans
5: march Israel. to free the hostages. We Americans march against anti Semitism. That's what it says on the podium. And I'm just so sick of seeing our politicians wear Ukrainian flags, actually funding and supporting Nazis, and then coming out and saying that they love Israel so much. But can't we just get a politician that only waves the American flag? I've come to believe that a true patriot only has room for one flag in his heart. Why would you ever wave any other nation's flag? That is such a betrayal. That's like cheating on your wife. If You say the Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag of the United States of America every morning growing up, if you actually meant it. If you're a, an elected official in our country and you've sworn an oath to protect this country and its constitution time and time again because you have unlimited terms, so you've done it like a million times, Joe Biden, of all people, has probably sworn the oath more than anyone else alive because he's a member of the silent generation and he's still in office. After all those promises you make, To this country. To just go out and wave another flag. Regardless of whatever conflict of interest there might be. And I know there may not be a conflict of interest now. But to say that we stand with Israel. Forever. No matter what. No matter what? Or we stand with Ukraine. Forever. No matter what. Really. No matter what. They couldn't do anything to us. Or to you. That would make you back off from supporting them. I mean. They've literally got. The Iron Cross on their uniforms. We've got their cemeteries with the Nazi symbolism here outside of Philadelphia in Elkins Park. We're giving standing ovations to enlisted, formerly enlisted Nazis in parliament in Canada. I guess you're right. I guess there's nothing that these people, that these so-called allies of the United States of America could possibly do to get our politicians not to continue to kiss their ass. And it's because it's not actually a position of principle. They don't love Ukraine. They don't love Israel. They don't love the Jews. They don't love those who are displaced in Ukraine because of this war. They don't love innocent people. They don't love sick people, old people, anyone vulnerable. They don't care at all about our own veterans. It's not a principle approach. It is only because of political incentives, special interests, and what they have to gain. So if we operate with the understanding that our politicians don't actually do anything because of a principle, like our founders did. They were really sort of the last bastions of principled leadership. Washington turning down the opportunity to be king of this country because he just fought a war to end a monarchy, demonstrated his character. If, they're not, if our politicians today aren't doing anything based on principle, then we have to ask ourselves, okay, what's the real incentive here? Why is it that we spent so much money in Ukraine? Okay, is it because they're invested in these military industrial contractors? Is it because they invested in these companies, these contractors that operated in these biolabs that were discovered and they're embarrassed or they're worried that it's going to come out, the corruption that they did, that they have, that they are? Or is it because they wanted to delay... Russia's control over the breadbasket of Europe until some of these other conflicts were resolved whether it be in Israel or between China and then when this conflict happens in Israel it begs the question why is it that the United States cares so much because it's certainly not our politicians just feeling the pang in their hearts of Judeo-Christian values we see what they do we know what the world's like we know what our leaders are like we see stories every single day like this Las Vegas story of the Grand Prix resulting in the sting operation that arrested 74 people who were human trafficking. Here it is, human trafficking sting operation that was carried out during the week of the Las Vegas Grand Prix resulted in the arrests of 74 people according to the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. Maybe the feds were involved, maybe they weren't, but that's the Metro Police Department, the local police taking care of that or reporting on that. So it seems the higher up we go in our nation, the more corrupt the people become. Therefore, the more we can count on the fact that whatever they're saying isn't for any principle or value or moral reason. And so that's the question we have to ask ourselves if we're going to be critical thinking info warriors. What's the real motive here? What's the worst possibility? And that's probably the truth.
6: Never forget that the answer to 1984 is 1776. We've come a long way in the fight against tyranny, and it's been listeners and viewers like you that have kept us on air. That's why we bring you the very best products so you love them, so you enjoy them, as so you come back and get them again and again so we can stay on the air in the fight against the globalists because it's viewers like you that keep this operation on air. And here we are, another Christmas is here, being the biggest sale of the year. Store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off, store-wide. My new book, The Great Awakening, get a signed or unsigned copy, it's all there. X2, finally back in stock. Turbo Force finally back in stock. It's all there at Infowarstore.com. So I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I want to thank you all for your support. We're in this fight together. I will to encourage you now to get store wide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off on all the great products at Infowarstore.com or 888 253 3139. Infowarstore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are
2: listening to the American Journal watch it live right now at band.video
5: Welcome back to the American Journal folks I am Chase Geyser your host this morning Last segment, we were talking about how our leaders don't actually do anything based off of principles or convictions or philosophies or values or morals. They always do whatever it is that they do for their own self-interest. And it reminds me of Al Gore, who, of course, is famous for being a really sore loser about the election against George W. Bush. And he may have actually been right in that instance, but he was such a wuss about it. He even griped to Tony Robbins on a video that went semi-viral when Tony Robbins was giving a TED Talk. Al Gore was in the crowd. Tony Robbins was talking about accountability and how we need to take ownership of all of our mistakes and failures and it's not other people's fault. And he had everybody raise their hand. Raise your hand if you think you failed because it's someone else's fault. And he raised his hand. He's like, what happened to you as a Supreme Court justice? Something like that. Because the vote didn't turn out for him. But I know him best for an inconvenient truth that documentary that he made that i'm sure you've all heard about that i'm sure many of you have seen i remember watching it i was about i don't know 11 or 12 years old when it came out i was born in 1990 so it would have been right after the election i remember watching it in school and outside of school and being really concerned about climate change thinking wow this global warming thing i hope you know we'll figure it out but that's 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 so bad That's too bad of course now we know that all the predictions didn't come true greta Thunberg. Famously, just a few weeks ago, deleted a tweet from 2018 in which she said, I think we were all going to be dead by 2023 and it didn't happen. So she deleted the tweet instead of maybe reconsidering her position on the climate. But then it begs the question, okay, so if he doesn't actually believe in this stuff, if it's so obviously a lie, if he knew it was a lie, then why did he lie about it? And the fact of the matter is, I think that there's a very giant industry around the green agenda. I don't know if the crew has, a t- has time to look it up, but I'd be very curious to know if you can Google it, what the industry size is, how many billions of dollars are spent on green initiatives every year. I bet it's giant. But when you have that level of special interests and when you have such interconnectivity between the industry and the government because it requires government subsidies, government sponsorships, for things like windmills and stuff to go up everywhere and land acquisition for these, these placements and these programs and incentives for people to put solar on their homes and their businesses. That's a window, an opportunity for corruption. And I haven't looked into who Al Gore's donors are or who he's in business with or what boards he sits on or where he's invested. I haven't, I haven't taken the time to go to unusualwhales.com and, and figure that out. But I'm certain that the reason he was pushing this green initiative, these green narratives, this climate issue so hard has nothing to do with his actual concern about the climate and more to do with his concern about his own portfolio. And now I see this clip of him. And it's funny, too, because he's so much more coherent than Joe Biden, but he's sort of fallen off the political spectrum. I saw this clip this morning of him saying that the Internet was dangerous. He says that social media and these algorithms are like AR-15s and that they should be banned. Let's run clip four.
7: If you have social media that is dominated by algorithms that uh, pull people down these uh, rabbit holes that are a bit like pitcher plants... These algorithms, uh, they are the digital equivalent of AR-15s. They ought to be banned. They really ought to be banned. It's an abuse of the public forum. But when, these, when people are pulled down these uh, rabbit holes, you know what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole? That's where the echo chamber is. Uh, and if you spend too much time in the echo chamber... What's weaponized is another form of AI, not artificial intelligence, artificial insanity. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious. QAnon QAnon is is just the (laughs) best-known version of artificial insanity. And these uh, devices are the enemies uh, of self-government, and they're the enemies of democracy. We need reforms for both democracy and capitalism both, are, both sets of reforms are possible.
5: He calls artificial intelligence artificial insanity when his whole entire career has been based off of manufactured insanity, hyping up problems that don't really exist, lying about the state of the climate, making predictions that never come true, and still believing in the issue at hand. Isn't the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome? So is he not insane himself if he time and time again has made prediction after prediction about what's going to happen to the environment if we keep going the way that we're going and none of those predictions ever come true, yet he still maintains his initial position that climate change is this terrible threat? And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I believe that we should be good stewards of the planet. I think that unnecessary pollution is a bad idea. I don't think people should be littering. I know that plastic recycling is gone by the wayside because it's basically come out that the recycling wasn't even really happening. But I've got no problem with making decisions when they make sense that are going to be better for the environment. No problem whatsoever. But when you're refusing to build a nuclear power plant because you're concerned about some obscure fish on the coast of where you want to put the plant, then that gets a little bizarre to me because isn't the whole point to reduce greenhouse gases and wouldn't nuclear power have less emissions? And I know there's, nuclear power is controversial. I know there have been disasters like Chernobyl and maybe it would happen again. I don't trust the government to run anything dangerous. But my point here is this guy is always lying. He's always been wrong and he has the audacity to come out and use a line like that. Artificial intelligence is artificial insanity. And what's crazy about it is He's looking at it from the opposite perspective, that artificial intelligence is insane because it turns the people against the government. Whereas we, or I, I can speak for myself and the like-minded audience here, is concerned about artificial intelligence because we're worried about how the government is going to use it on us. So even if he's right about artificial intelligence being a threat, he's right about it for all the wrong reasons, if not logically wrong reasons, ethically or morally wrong reasons. And he's coming out and criticizing QAnon, and I understand. I'm, I'm critical of QAnon, too. I think it was definitely a sham after a certain period of time. It might have been legit initially, and I think Q was sabotaged and switched when the platforms changed. I watched a great HBO docuseries on it, Q Into the Storm. I highly recommend you watch it. But the fact of the matter is to say that someone anonymously speaking on the Internet to people who are willing to listen needs to be banned like an ar-15 needs to be banned is offensive on so many different levels first of all ar-15s don't need to be banned we need them now more than ever and second of all if you're afraid of freedom of speech if you're afraid of people misunderstanding things or getting things wrong then you're in the wrong country man i can't believe that that guy was so close to being president of the united states And frankly, I think they're all getting scared. Let's run clip two of Gates and others in this sort of bizarre and bothersome video.
4: I don't remember talking about masks at all. But the two of you, you personally were using masks. I remember you you seemed like a really extreme case because you would wear the full thing when you'd leave your apartment. And it was like, has he gone overboard? Is he dernophobic? I I was
0: doing Hope we've learned in the last year. Yeah, I just don't think of wearing a
4: mask as such a deep inconvenience. I mean, you know, we ask people to wear pants. Uh, You know, why? Why was this is politicized? Early stage of the infection, uh, we thought uh, this was about coughing. We didn't know the simple masks would provide so much benefit. Uh, you get the message about masks to be a, you know, kind of bar bipartisan, let's protect uh, other people uh, type message. And then- I remember...
5: When everybody had to wear the masks and the airports wouldn't let you wear a bandana, even though the EPA has a study that says the bandanas are more effective than the masks, the way that people were wearing them. And the fact of the matter is the masks were never about health. They were only about this psychological propaganda. It was it was psychological warfare on the American people to push the masks. They didn't work. We knew they didn't work, and they forced you to wear them anyway. And if you didn't wear them, you were considered insensitive or a grandma killer. Do you remember the grandma killer headlines? Everybody was saying you're a grandma killer if you don't wear a mask. And the fact that Gates, who's actually a very intelligent person, intelligence doesn't always mean good. He's obviously a bright guy. He's been very successful, and he was successful for a very long period of time. Just comes out and insists as the scientist that he perceives himself to be, as the genius that he perceives himself to be, that these masks are effective or good or healthy or the right move or acceptable. Now, after all this time and all the data and everybody being so sick of it, it just goes to show how in the bag he is for the new world order. Stick with us, folks. More on the other side. If you ever take
6: one piece of my advice... It's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at infowarstore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look up the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements, so you don't download it but this is pure atomic certified iodine x2 is now back in stock discounted so i'm giving thanksgiving right now for this product being here it funds the info war but i guarantee you you take us for a few weeks you will feel the difference it is amazing it's the missing link x2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfowarStore.com. x2
1: Chase Geyser presents the American Journal, capturing the spirit of the times on Infowars.
0: Just even a year or two ago, global elites used to pretend to care about people, but they're not even pretending anymore. I mean, here they fly their private jets, you know, separate private jets, including for the prime minister of Britain, his foreign secretary, King Charles, all taking their own private jet at the very moment that they're raising energy prices to historically high levels. And as you just saw there with John Kerry demanding the shutdown of coal plants, which will mean that people will burn wood and dung in China and they will starve and they will uh, not have enough to eat and you'll have riots in the streets. I think that what's so different now is that the elites are just openly and blatantly expressing their hatred of humankind, particularly the hatred of working people, of poor people, people both in the United States, in the so-called flyover states that they hate so much, but also in places like India and China and Africa, where people want to live a better life. And that's what coal has traditionally provided. You know, what's so interesting, of course, is that the obvious alternative to coal is natural gas. If you cared about climate change, if this was actually about climate change, you would just produce more natural gas because it produces half the carbon emissions of coal the United States reduced our carbon emissions by 22% between 2005 and 2020, with 61% of that reduction coming just from switching from coal to natural gas. But John Kerry and other climate activists are against natural gas, and they've been stifling the production of natural gas, clean burning American natural gas, which is the cleanest in the world. So it's, so it's so obviously hypocritical, but worse than that, I think it's really anti-human. And that's really what gets added. It's a It's a religion. It's a cult, like you said. And it really is about being against humankind, against humanity. The largest donor to the Democratic Party, George Soros, but also Michael Bloomberg and a whole set of other oligarchs have a strong interest in keeping energy scarce. I think that's what is a big driver of this. That's why they want to shut down nuclear plants, coal plants. They want to stifle natural gas production. And they want us to use weather-dependent, energy dilute primitive sources of energy, so-called renewables, that are actually anything other than renewable. And these are technologies that require three to 900 times more land than natural gas or nuclear plants, and that that keep energy expensive and scarce so that they can control the energy markets around the world. And so it's really all three of these things. It's sort of a grotesque display of anti-human power, of elitist power, it's also a religion you know these guys actually think of themselves as saving the planet the pillars of civilization are cheap energy meritocracy law and order and free speech and all four of those pillars are currently under attack and so you start with cheap energy i mean you can't maintain modern civilization without cheap energy we couldn't we know we couldn't have had the industrial revolution for physical reasons if we hadn't if they hadn't found coal and they hadn't made a use of coal with a steam engine. So the attack on, on cheap energy is truly an attack on modern civilization and, and it should frighten us and we should be aware to it and alive to it. I think you know what gives me hope here is that you know environmentalism it used to have a kind of utopian positive side. That's all gone. I mean, we saw with Greta Tunberg and Extinction Rebellion, it became very nihilistic, it became very anti-human. So dark, it was basically just about preventing the end of the world, preventing the apocalypse. They used to still try to hide their hatred of humanity a little bit. But this year, I mean, gloves are off and masks are off. And you can just see here they are openly flying their private planes to a climate conference where they're demanding that ordinary people pay much more for energy, that we keep energy supplies secure. You know, our electric grids right now in the United States, Tucker, are in serious jeopardy. I mean, we're having reliability crises, not just in California. That's the most famous one, but we've seen it all over the country, Texas. We yeah. saw it in the in the Midwest and Southeast last year during winter. So every we're, we're seeing an attack on the grid, which is really a testament to modern civilizations happening everywhere at the same time, Europe, United States. What gives me hope is that I think it's finally becoming obvious to people that it's a scam and that the people that are pushing this really hate civilization or at least they hate civilization for others they want it only for themselves and that they're in the grip of a really dogmatic uh cult philosophy i mean i think it's fair to call it a death cult at this point when you're stifling energy supplies that are necessary to keep people alive allow us allow poor people to escape from the use of wood and dung i don't know what else you call it
2: you're watching the american journal with your host chase geyser
5: Watch live right now at band.video. This is the American Journal. I am Chase Geyser. with you this morning for at least a couple more days before the great Owen Schroeder comes back from his federally sponsored vacation. You guys see the story gold bars found in Senator Bob Menendez's home during a raid linked to a 2013 armed robbery. Several gold bars were found at Senator Bob Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey, residence during an FBI raid in June of 2022 tied to a bribery investigation of the New Jersey Democrat. The serial numbers of the four gold bars found confirmed they were previously stolen in 2013 from the businessman accused of bribing the senator, NBC News reported Monday. Menendez and his wife Nadine were indicted on bribery charges by the Southern District of New York in September. So these gold bars have serial numbers on them. and That's how they were able to determine that they were the ones that were stolen. But what's crazy about this is. These gold bars. 13 gold bars, apparently. And $566,000 in cash were allegedly stolen. From this guy who bribed Menendez. That's the claim here, the article. And so it seems to me that the guy gave the gold bars and the cash to Menendez and then reported them as stolen so it wouldn't come up on paper that there was an actual exchange of value or money. And they found him in his house. Just goes to show how corrupt (laughs) these people are. And the fact that he wanted to get paid in gold is even more alarming. When our politicians insist on being bribed in gold, that's how you know there's a real problem with the money system. (laughs) That's how you know the currency's on on the verge of collapse. When oh sorry, I don't I don't take cash. <laughs> cash is not reliable these days. Money supply growth fell again in October, remaining deep in negative territory after turning negative in November 2022 for the first time in 28 years. October's drop continues a steep downward trend from the unprecedented highs experienced during much of the past two years. So it's not exactly a bad thing that the money supply is shrinking because it's sort of anti-inflationary for that to happen. But the problem is if there's anti-inflation, it can be just as bad as inflation. What you want to do is you want to stop inflation. You don't want to reverse it because then suddenly you owe a lot more on your home than it's worth. So if you bought a home for $500,000 when $500,000 was worth nothing, and then the value of the dollar drastically goes up, paying back that $500,000 could be a real problem. That's, deflationary pressure and so it seems like they're counteracting the money supply because they want to stop this inflation from happening which means that it's going to stop the home values from going up they're going to stay in this sort of locked situation and we'll see what's going to happen but the dollar doesn't look like it's doing very well but speaking of dollars and cents and corruption and climate change how about a very wealthy politician to be or aspiring politician And a private jet and a Mossad agent all flying together several times over the years. Let's see clip six of RFK and Epstein. RFK responds to questions about whether or not he was ever on the Lolita Express.
9: You weren't ever on Jeffrey Epstein's jet, were
1: you? Uh, I was on Jeffrey Epstein's jet two times. I was on it uh, in 1993 and I was on it in, and I went to Florida with my wife and uh, two children to visit my mom over Easter. Um my my wife had some kind of relationship with Glenn Maxwell, and they offered some, some kind
5: of relationship. So
1: I went then, and then on another occasion, I flew again with my family, with I think four of my children, and. Um, and uh, and Mary, my wife, to Rapid City, South Dakota, to go fossil hunting I, uh, for a weekend. And uh, but other, otherwise, I was I was never on his jet alone. I you know I've been very open about this from the beginning. This was in '93, so it was 30 years ago. It was before anybody knew about Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, you know, his nefarious issues, and I agree with you that these, all of this information should be released, Um, and we, we should get real answers on what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. And any of the high level political people that he was uh, involved with, all of that should be open to the public. It should be absolutely transparent. And, you know, I don't see why any of those records would have any redactions in them. Why would we be hiding that from the American public? I
5: I don't know why he doesn't just ask his campaign manager, who's also his daughter-in-law and a former CIA op, what happened. Maybe she would be able to get that information for him. But it's just hard for me to believe that the former sex addict RFK and not to bash anybody that is addicted to sex. It's awesome, but there's no way that this former sex addict in 1993 got on a plane with Jeffrey Epstein. It didn't know what kind of things Jeffrey Epstein was up to. I mean, there's images of, Jeffrey Epstein getting a foot massage with his feet in Ghislaine Maxwell's breasts on that plane. That's the kind of stuff that was going on. And his wife had some kind of relationship with him. Like, like as if you don't know who your wife hangs out with. Who, do, who doesn't know who their wife hangs out with? I mean, I know these politicians, they're in these sort of political marriages, and they don't really spend time together. They don't really love each other. They have separate quarters and all that stuff. But there is no way he didn't know why his wife was hanging out with Ghislaine. Yeah, it tells her in her boobs. I'll never forget it. It's the happiest I've ever seen her, actually. You ever seen her happier than that? And I'm not saying that just because you've been on the plane means you're a pedophile or a criminal. I'm not saying that just because you've been photographed with Ghislaine or Jeffrey Epstein that you're a pedophile or a human trafficker or some sort of corrupt politician. They, They took pictures with everybody, and they always wanted everybody on the plane. And they tried to build relationships with powerful people so that they could leverage them, and not everybody took the bait. Some people hopped on the plane. Went from point A to point B, got off the plane, nothing happened. That, that's certainly common. There were hundreds upon hundreds of people that got on the plane. But if you're getting on the plane multiple times and you're a Kennedy who's known for liking sex a lot, I think it's alarming. I think it's very indicative that there's probably something going on. And obviously, it's just speculation. But I don't trust this guy at all. Why would a Kennedy, after what happened to John F. Kennedy hire a former CIA operative to run his campaign? Why would he allow a former CIA operative to marry into his family after only a year of being with his son? And then why would he be flying around with a Mossad agent amidst amidst his addiction to sex only later to find out that that guy was actually a sex trafficker? They seem like two peas in a pod to me. Two politicians in a plane, two peas in a pot. And that would have been during the Clinton presidency, too. So I wonder if he was on the plane at the same time as Bill Clinton. And he can say all he wants, that he wants this information to come out, who was on the flight logs, what really happened to Epstein, but he can just say that without really meaning it, especially if he knows it's never going to happen. Then it's a really safe thing to say. And it just seems to me more and more obvious that this is a guy who wrote a really good book and has done a lot of good research and advocacy about the harms of vaccines, but he's a leftist. Bad people do good things sometimes. Good people do bad things sometimes. This guy's a plant. He's going to split the vote against Trump if he's on the ballot in the general election. And they're trying to run as many people against Trump as possible to divide that right-wing vote so they can just usher in Trudeau-style whatever leftist is on the ballot. We're going to get more into the news in the next segment. In the meantime, make sure you guys visit InfoWarsStore.com. Give yourself and others the gift of turbocharged energy this Christmas. TurboForce Plus is back in stock for 25% off plus free shipping and double Patriot points. TurboForce Plus from InfoWars Life is the most advanced formula for optimum focus and energy we have ever offered. And after being unavailable for months, we're glad to bring it back to you at 25% off. With an energy blend that contains amino acids for sustained energy metabolism and an herbal energy blend... With very high levels of several herbs for peak energy, Turbo Force Plus is a force to be reckoned with. This powerhouse formula contains a long list of powerful time-tested ingredients. Turboforce Plus will be your number one go-to source for quick accessible energy. Energize your day and boost your energy on the go with TurboForce Plus for 25% off at InfowarsStore.com today.
6: One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep, by and large not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections, masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives, oblivious and you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death, but people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's, that's a hard thing to do, because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity, and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place, and they're cutting off all the major energy sources, is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really really nasty Infowars.com I'm a humble person and I want to say that I'm just a man but I'm not just a man just like you no matter what color you are whether you're a man or a woman you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you who has a destiny for you that's why the system hates you and fears you and that's why they hate me It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice, and truth, and courage, and honor, and will, and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person. Because you love God, and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight, and I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer, but I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting.
2: You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
8: does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals, not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic, depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment, if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct, yes or
3: no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes.
8: I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. Yes. It can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual.
0: It's so targeted
8: at people? Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of antisemitism? I will ask you one more time: Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and crosses is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation—that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct. Correct. Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. So this is a tricky
5: one for me because obviously it makes me sick to see these bureaucrats at these universities respond to very easy questions in a very cold, calculated way in order to defend calls for jihad and intifada that bothers me i don't like anti-semitism i don't like radical extreme islam i don't think these people should be at our universities i don't think our professors should have been brainwashed into brainwashing generations of americans in order to advocate the congregation of all Jews in Israel so they can be eradicated all at once. We've seen this time and time again at university after university with Muslim student associations when asked about their feelings regarding Hezbollah. I showed a clip of it a month ago, maybe two months ago now on this very show. But at the same time, I'm very disturbed to see our politicians come down on universities about what is free speech on a campus. I don't think these students should be at the, at these universities. I don't think we should have migrants at these universities. I don't think we should be importing these people into our country and spreading this violence and rhetoric, but I definitely don't think that we should have a government that has hearings with university administrators about the speech of their students. What if it was a Trump rally? What if there were a bunch of MAGA Republicans at the universities that were advocating for America first and closing off the border and building the wall? And it was a Democrat saying, does that constitute xenophobic rhetoric? And trying to put pressure on them by threatening federal funding being withheld because they allow certain speech at the university. Shouldn't we allow anyone to say whatever they want, whenever they want, in this country, at these universities. After all, you're going to a university for the purpose of getting an education. I know that that's not what happens anymore. But in order to actually get an education, you have to be able to entertain dangerous ideas. You have to be able to have conversations and ask questions with a certain level of trust among your peers and your professors in order to discover what is really true about controversial issues. If we don't ever talk about controversial issues, then everybody just remains in the dark about them and around them. So why is it that a member of Congress or a political leader is hammering down on university administrators, university administrators who I find disgusting, mind you. But Why do we have a politician hammering down on university administrators because of the speech of their students on their campuses. I'm a free speech absolutist. I think that our First Amendment right to freedom of speech doesn't go far enough to protect us. For example, in the United States, you cannot legally advocate for insurrection. And I think that you should be legally allowed to advocate for insurrection. I say that without advocating for it right now. I'm just explicitly stating my position that it should be legal. You should be able to make calls for violence. If you really have freedom of speech. You shouldn't be held accountable for those calls to violence. If they're perpetuated or acted out by someone else. Because everyone's responsible for their own actions and their own decisions. And I don't think that it's the right thing morally for people to call for violence. Or morally for people to call for genocide. I'm against it as a Christian American patriot. Just like anybody else. But when you have Congress coming down on universities for the speech of their students. That's a little too McCarthyist for me. That's a little too communist for me. We have to be able to tolerate the things that we hate to hear. And I hate to hear the word intifada. I hate to hear calls for jihad. I hate to hear the chance of from the river to the sea. And I hate to see these instances of Jewish people being spit on or Jewish people spitting on Muslim people. And I'm not a Jewish person, and I'm certainly no Muslim. But by God, shouldn't they be allowed to say some hateful shit to each other? Excuse me. We'll get more into it on the other side. In the meantime, make sure you guys visit InfoWarsStore.com. More news for the rest of the hour and then your calls in the third hour. TurboForce Plus is back in stock for 25% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points. Make sure you check it out now at InfoWarsStore.com. TurboForce Plus will light you up like a Christmas tree and tis the season to be jolly. Get it today and be the reason we are still on the air.
6: What would you do if there was a tyrannical, totalitarian world government taking over, whose plan was to kill 90% of the world population, and they were already beginning to do it? You would rally against it, you would fight it. And that's what we're doing. This is the reality of 2023. I just want to thank listeners and viewers for your last year's support and want to encourage you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, to take clips and share it from the broadcast, and to buy products that enrich your life at InfoWarsTore.com. We have the signed or unsigned copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalist and Launch the Second Renaissance. Twice as long as my last book, incredibly powerful, signed or unsigned, InfoWarsTore.com. And we have X2 finally back in stock after over every year infowarsstore.com we have turbo force 10 hour clean energy back in stock and a bunch of other great products as well so please visit infowarsstore.com and do your christmas shopping there fund the InfoWar and get great products all at the same time infowars.com is tomorrow's news today
1: journal chase geyser writes the unfolding chapters of our
5: nation welcome back to the american journal folks i am chase geyser your host this morning more news for the rest of the hour and then your calls throughout the third hour that last segment was just crazy you know the first time i watched that video i was so appalled at the university administrators it wasn't until the second time that i looked at it i realized it was appalling as well that the Political class was coming down on students for their free speech. And we've seen this rhetoric about anti Semitism being on the rise come up time and time again, even before all of this recent conflict. We know that the Biden administration has been talking about it and giving speeches about it right wing extremism, white supremacy, things of that nature, neo Nazis. We know that anytime there's a neo Nazi rally of 17 convicts it goes viral even though it's literally all of them together all the ones that exist (laughs) such a small group and it's disregarded of course when we see it in Ukraine because that's inconvenient but it's just so bizarre the extent to which we've seen this anti-semitism fear-mongering pushed obviously anti-semitism is a very real thing I've witnessed it in my life I've known people who feel that way quietly, crypto anti-Semites, so to speak. And obviously it was a very real thing between 1933 and 1945. But just because something terrible happened a hundred years ago, it doesn't mean that there's a disproportionate risk to a specific group of people. Black people in this country are not more likely to be enslaved in the future because they were enslaved in the past. Hispanic babies are not more likely to be sacrificed at an altar just because the Mayans sacrificed babies in the past. And just because someone is Jewish does not make them more susceptible to a Holocaust in the future. Bad things have happened to every population, every race, every religion because of their immutable characteristics all throughout history. This is not something that's unique to any given people. But we always, I think it's just because it's so atrocious what happened in 1945. We're very sensitive to the anti-Semitic issue. Nobody wants to be anti-Semitic. And I think it's because it's really the first instance of a substantial amount of footage and imagery coming out that captured what really happened. And I know some disagree. Some can argue about six million, whatever. I was doing some research on it the other day. The historical claims aren't even that 6 million Jews died in the gas chambers. A lot of people think, oh, 6 million Jews can't die in the gas chambers. They didn't have enough ovens to do it. Well, only 2.7 million are actually claimed to have died in the chambers. The other 3.3 million are thought to have died by firing squads. Other means... There were other ways that the Jews died during the Holocaust, during the time of the Holocaust. But it's a common misconception that it was all during the gas chambers. But my point is, why is it that this is constantly being pushed? And the only reason I can really think of is that psychologically we've just been sort of brainwashed into thinking that this is a particularly vulnerable, innocent people. And we've forgotten that Everyone, even Jewish people, are equally capable of evil. I know that Jordan Peterson is a controversial character. I know that he's done some things that have been disappointing to his fans. I've seen him speak a couple of times. I love Jordan Peterson. And every once in a while he says something or does something, I'm like, whoa. I I remember when I heard the news that he was in rehab. I was very sort of heartbroken, not just for him, but because this is somebody who seems to have it all together falling apart for an extended period of time. But one of the things that he said that really resonates with me, and I'm going to paraphrase it, is that the lesson that we have to learn from the Holocaust and from what happened in World War II is that we all, as individuals, without exception, have the capacity to do what the Nazis did within us. Even Jewish people, every human being has the capacity to do that type of evil on another human being, to be that type of violent, vicious, cruel, and enjoy it, to follow orders instead of convictions. We're all susceptible to that. That's what we have to learn from it. And that's the mistake that our government has made, that our political class has made, that our educators have made. They have made World War II out to be this fluke act of mass genocide at the behest of a madman. And when you frame it like that, it sounds like it's never going to happen again or it could never happen again. And I'm not talking about specifically white people killing Jews. I mean, just a Holocaust. This level of violence has happened over and over again throughout history. And it's not something that just happens as a fluke because the wrong guy wrangles his way into power. Sometimes that's kind of been the case. The Vladimir the Terrible, an example of that. But most of the time when these mass executions happen, it's because there's a substantial amount of support among the people for such violence. And it's not always per- perpetuated by the same people on the same people, but yet we still think it, it, the problem is with the antisemitism argument isn't even that. It's, it's not even about saying that terrible things didn't happen to the Jews. They did. The problem is that we're believing that the Jews can't do terrible things just because they're Jewish, just because they've been a victim. It's like saying, oh, just because you're descended from a slave, you're not responsible for anything that you do. You can loot a store. Just because something bad has happened to your kind isn't an excuse or justification or vindication for the actions that we commit as individuals. And that's why we have to think about people and each other as individuals and not as members of a group. That's the real evil of this identity politics. This identity politics gets us in this confused state of mind where we start making policy decisions that impact the lives of innocent people based off of some sort of moral justice. Or some group justice. It's like if you're critical of Israel carpet bombing the Gaza Strip because there's innocent people there, then why is it okay for a person who's a minority to just assume that all white people are racist just because racism traditionally came from white people in this country? I want to run clip 19, the anti-Semitism ad that I saw a couple of months ago or a month ago. Just to give you guys a sense of... This is just so ridiculous, this this propaganda around it. Go ahead and run it, please.
4: I saw what you've been posting. Hitler was right. I didn't teach you that you hide behind your screen spewing all this hatred and ugliness you got something you want to say get out of the truck and say it to their faces
5: how funny would it have been if it was an asian kid 70,000 times last year. There's no looking away from hate. I don't know if you guys go to go to Cernovich's Twitter account, if you will, and let me know how many total tweets that he has, if you can, or just some major tweeter. I'd be very curious to know because 70,000 sounds like a lot. If you're assuming it's one person doing it, but there's an awful lot of people posting content on the internet. 70,000 is not a lot, actually. And you know that it's not something that a neo Nazi posts just once. A neo Nazi doesn't go on Reddit and post Hitler was right and just leave it at that. I said my part. No, 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 no. You know that those 70,000 Hitler was right posts were perpetuated by like 17 guys, right? More on the other side, folks. Stick with us.
2: In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the Public Health Service at the time. And by 1950, the US government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now, at InfoWarsStore.com.
6: Never forget that the answer to 1984 is 1776. We've come a long way in the fight against tyranny, and it's been listeners and viewers like you that have kept us on air. That's why we bring you the very best products so you love them, so you enjoy them, and so you come back and get them again and again so we can stay on the air in the fight against the globalists because it's viewers like you that keep this operation on air. And here we are, another Christmas is here, being the biggest sale of the year, storewide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off, store-wide, my new book, the Great Awakening, get a signed or unsigned copy, it's all there. X2 finally back in stock. Turbo Force, finally back in stock. It's all there at InfowarStore.com. So I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas I want to thank you all for your support we're in this fight together and I want to encourage you now to get storewide free shipping double Patriot points up to 60% off on all the great products at InfowarStore.com or 888-2533-139 InfoWarsStore.com
2: Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
1: Sit back and enjoy your flight. Now we're coming back
6: after this break with phone calls! And as you can tell, I'm arrested! Answer the question.
4: I. Yep. Would you stop the screen? Answer the question! Oh
7: We're in.
6: Hello? Yes, turn the radio off. Hello,
7: yeah. Turn the radio
6: off! Go ahead, turn this off! Good, yes! <laughs> I love it! I'm sorry, I love you, Frank. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me?
5: seven 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 eight nine two five three nine Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geiser, your host this morning. We are going to be taking calls in the next hour, so make sure you call in now. The lines are open at eight seven 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 eight nine two five three nine. 789 2539 Again, that's 877-789-2539. The sooner you call, the more likely I will be able to get to you. Interesting interaction between Hannity and Trump happened just the other day. I don't know if you've had a chance to see these clips yet, but... There's been all these accusations in the media that Donald Trump is going to be the next dictator, despite the fact that he was in office and he's not in office anymore already one time. And despite the fact that if one could so easily become dictator in this country, then we're already lost. He's obviously not a dictator, folks. All the stuff that we heard from those traitors who testified against him about his claims, that he was never going to leave the office on January 20th. None of it turned out to be true. Basically everything critical that's ever been said about him hasn't really turned out to be true. So let's see him respond to the issue of whether or not he would be a dictator in clips nine and 10 back to back, nine and 10 back to back.
9: They want to call you a dictator. You use the words, I am your retribution. And now before that you said, if you've been wronged and you used other words as well, but i want to be very very clear on this to be clear do you in any way have any plans whatsoever if re-elected president to abuse power to break the law to use the government to go after people
4: you mean like they're using right now so in the history of our country what's happened to us again has never happened before Over nonsense, over nothing, made up charges. I often say Al Capone, he was one of the greatest of all time, if you like criminals. He was a mob boss, the likes of which Scarface, they call him. And he got indicted once. I got indicted four times. I wonder what my father and mother would say looking down.
9: We had a lot. We almost have to go to a break. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you. Yeah. Under no circumstances you are promising America tonight, you would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Yeah.
4: Except Look, for he's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a, that's drill. A, that's not oh, no. that's not retribution. I got it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be you know, he keeps <laughs> We love this guy. He says, You're not gonna be a dictator, are you? I said, No, no, no. Other than day one, we're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds
9: to me like you're going back to the policies when you were president. <laughs> That's All right. exactly Take a break. Right. Just getting started. We're in beautiful Davenport, Iowa. Donald Trump with us for the hour as Hannity continues. Thank you for being with us. God, I hope he
5: wins in 2024. He's just such a dynamo compared to the other options. And just seeing, it's little stuff every day they do. You know, there's a great Charles Bukowski poem, and I'm going to butcher it here. I'm not going to recite it by any means, but I just remember the whole point of it so vividly. And he talks about how, for a man, the most terrible things can happen and he can keep his cool. So he can go to war, he can have a backbreaking job every day, 18 hours a day, four years. He can lose everything and get back up. But it's the snapping of a shoelace that'll make him snap. It's the little things that break a man, not the big events, not the catastrophes. I've noticed that in my own marriage. My wife and I are the opposite that way. I can take massive punches, and I'll lose my temper over the dumbest stuff. She's the other way around. Big things really bother, and little, little things don't. Maybe she's the more reasonable one. But I think of that poem because... This is just another one of those pinprick sort of barbed wire clips. It's only 18 seconds long. It's Nikki Haley. Listen to what she says about whether or not 12-year-olds should be allowed to have gender reassignment surgery. Uh, Madam Ambassador, another question is what care should be on the table when a 12 year old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be?
4: I think the law should stay out of it and I think parents should handle it.
5: So the law shouldn't protect those kids from being mutilated because they're misguided by their parents or their teachers or their administrators. She's literally saying that mutilating your child should be up to the family, should be your choice. Last I checked, one of the the three main things the government is supposed to do is protect individual rights. And I tell you what, similar to abortion, if you're mutilating and sterilizing children as they come of age, then that is a human rights violation. Quite obviously. I don't know what's worse than that. And you can say, oh, well, these... Transgender children will suffer so much if they're not able to have this treatment, these operations, these hormone blockers over the course of their coming of age years. It's like, yeah, so what? If they decide they want to get an operation when they're 18, fine. But you got to be an adult when you're going to make a lifelong decision like that. I think you have to be 16 or 18 in most states to get a tattoo. I think you can get a tattoo when you're 16 in some states if you have a parental consent. So we're not going to let kids get tattoos, but we're going to let them remove their reproductive organs from their bodies? Are you kidding? Why wasn't her answer just immediately, we're going to make it illegal until the age of consent? If you can't consent to have sex, you can't consent to have a sex change. If you can't consent to get a tattoo, then you can't consent to have a sex change. If you can't enlist for war, then you can't wage war on your own body. It's as simple as that. And that's just one of those things that makes you snap. It's the small things that someone who's supposed to be on our side, someone who's legitimately a threat. I know she's not yet. If you look at the polls, but just wait, Joe Biden wasn't doing so hot in the polls either early on. It might be quite the contested primary as she is pushed incessantly. And it's not just that clip three here. We have this teacher come out and say, that she's offended because a straight white family is depicted in some of the literature that her students were exposed to. Go ahead and run clip three.
8: Happy Friday, but can I ask you a serious question? How is it 2023, and this, I'll show you in a minute, is what we are saying the majority of families look like? This. This is the majority. It is terrible. They only have one kid. Don't get me wrong, there are families like that, and those families have plenty of things dedicated to them movies and books and holidays and all the things
5: those white holidays
8: why like if we're really getting serious about what people think teachers are doing in the classroom, why is that why is that on a book? Why is that a picture representing families? Just asking on this Friday. That's
5: it. Why would you say something like that? Can you imagine being critical of the same exact literature if it depicted minorities? Let's just just imagine it was a black family instead of a white family. It even looked that white, first of all. Second of all, let's imagine. And then somebody came out with a video and they said, you know, it just makes me sick that in America we're seeing black families. Black heterosexual families, that just makes me sick. You know how quickly you would be banned off of TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, maybe even X, YouTube, every single major media, social media platform. You know how quickly a mob of leftists would email your employer if you posted something like that and see to it that your reputation was tarnished, damaged irreparably forever? But she can come out and say that. And I know that she's white too, so maybe it's just acceptable to criticize your own race because it makes so little sense that people just leave it alone. But what's she trying to prove? Is she, is she virtue signaling? Is she trying to impress her friends? Does she know that it would go viral? Does she actually believe that? I don't know. I don't know anymore about, about this culture, about these people. I know that's just one TikTok video, but there are millions like that millions of snapping shoelaces every single day make sure you call 877-789-2539 i'll be taking your calls on the other side visit infowarsstore.com as well and get turbo force plus today
6: normally christmas is our biggest sell of the year but because of supply chain breakdowns and other issues this is our biggest sale because finally almost all of our best selling products are finally back in stock, including sold out for more than a year X to the only true nascent iodine out there is finally back. What it does for your immune system, your body, all your cells is miraculous. It's discounted at InfoWarsTore.com. Double Patriot points. Free shipping. Biggest sale hands down of 2023. I'm sure Christmas will have a big sale but we will be sold out of most of this. So Christmas has come early. Black Friday's come early and it funds the Info war. Get X2. Get Beats back in stock. Get all the other great products at InfoWarsTore.com right now. But again, our fan favorite, my favorite, is X2. Sold out for over a year. Could be our last run of we're shut down. Get it while you can. X2. Discounted. Info or